Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is my pleasure to introduce you to episode 7 of the Open The number one Miles Morales podcast ran by Redditors across the globe. If that doesn't impress you, I don't know what will. Returning from the podcasting wilderness, my co-host from the United States, we have Brian. One of the reviews on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. From Canada, say hello to Noah. And from New Zealand, let's talk. From the United Kingdom, my name's Kyle and I run NerdsandChain.com. For the 7-2014 final episode of the year, we discuss only Ultimate 11, with the ultimate issue of this series, as things go from bad to worse for our heroes. After his return at the end of the previous issue, Miles' father begins to fill us in on why he ran away, in Jefferson Davis, the Ultimate Spider-Father. Or Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher, under The Ultimate Spin, and if you like what you're hearing, we'd really appreciate a review. If you'd like to join the conversation, visit ultimatespinpodcast.com, send questions, find show notes, stream or download our earlier episodes. And because I'm in charge of the intro, stay tuned for a special announcement about fun change we've got in store in 2015. Now that's out of the way, let's get it going, it's time for Ultimate Spin. All new Ultimates number 11. The Ultimates are all knocked out and in the back of Taskmaster's van. Serpent Skull's Lieutenant Diamondback got caught too to save Diamondback, her partner Sidewinder. Hotwired installed Taskmaster's van. Great time for Bombshell to show up and rejoin the team, right? No Gods, No Masters, part two. Last issue, Bombshell's like narration was really cool. It was like, it was a little, little bit of character. And in this one, it was, she was basically saying what was happening on the page, but nothing else. Like, there was no reason for it to happen anymore. I see what you mean. Now that we know that it's ending, it, it's it's almost like this strange sort of last-ditch effort to give some of the other characters more personality by, you know, by letting them be the narrator. And it's like, if you've been doing, if they've been doing this earlier, it might have worked, but now... Like you said, yeah, what's, what is the point of this? I didn't mind the narration, really, but it gets about halfway through, and then it, when it's when it basically stops, and it basically goes nowhere. Because mm. it, messes, it yeah. mentions the stuff about, um, and we're just a bunch of kids, doesn't mean we're too young for survivor's guilt, and referencing basically cataclysm, and that's fine if they brought that more into the storyline before so it's again it's bringing up ideas that in theory are pretty cool but it's yet to flesh it out and it's not going to flesh it out and if it is it's going to be rushed in that final issue the final issue is going to be jam packed with a lot of stuff that I, th- I think we probably won't care about like unless they unless they step up from this issue the last issue is not going to be anything to really celebrate I mean, even right off the bat, when you look at the cover for the twelfth issue, the uh, it's ending the all new Ultimate series. It's there a bit. You can look at the cover, and it's like they're telling you, like, "Hey, this issue is going to be utter chaos." Like you can. I like, thought I just... thought they were saying that you're going to be playing Where's Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's open to interpretation, but it, it, it's just nuts. It's like there's like a massive characters on there, and I'll I'll be honest, like. For an issue finale, I am lost. I have no like I have no idea what they're gonna do. Like I don't know how they're gonna finish off the series because they like 
Well, I had no idea what was going on. I mean, even in this issue, I mean, that's we, what, were, that's the we, were, we were joking about it, you know, when Kyle did the solicitations, you know, a couple months back, but, you know, to see Crossbones just kind of show up again. It's like, there's not really, like, of the 11 issues so far, there have been like many plot lines, but there has yet to, like, I've yet to see a very cohesive story. That like I can just pick out and be like, okay, like if somebody were to come to me and be like, what happens in all new ultimates? I would just be like, look, man, I I review the book and I have no idea. Like it's it's a very it's a very confusing mess, and you can kind of get bits and pieces over what's happening, but at the end of the day, it's like it's so it's a strange book. Like there's like like for example, like later on in this issue, there's that like group of like. Uh, drug dealers and it's just like after at that once they're introduced into this issue again it's just chaos like it none of none of what happens makes sense and there's um, no you didn't like mr jip turning into some kind of crazy monster from the end of akira or it, it just, like it was so i was so confused i was like what and he was just like there's like for the whole like story like right off the bat from like like the beginning of all the ultimates, they they were just talking about like, oh, you know, he just like there was a broken shipment and he accidentally sniffed a thing, and they never detailed it. They were like, it was just a thing, and then and he was just like, like that was it. They like that was it. He was just a crazy coked out person, and then suddenly transforms into like whatever evil turned into. But like, I, was I so thought confused. it was going to be like a. A, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing, but he's just turning into a monster. Like they, they don't seem to really have a reason other than they need him to. <laughs> the the drugs are experimental, and so that could be interesting, but do we really care about these people? Like we, The only like, connection I've we have to them, them is that they hired like, crossbones. We've seen them in like one-page to two-page bits at most like and not even consecutively every issue is like every couple of issues, so you're not in, like at all emotionally invested in any of these characters, and then now suddenly because this guy morphed into a huge monster, we're expected to be like, oh my goodness, he is clearly a major part of the plot, even though he was part of what's at best a subplot, and then at worst random pages thrown in to fill up a book, and. Like, now we're expected to be like, okay, he is a major character now. He's thrown into the main plot to fight the all-new Ultimates. Go with it. And, like, it's sudden. And, like I said, like, I don't know what's going to happen in issue 12. Because, like, like, well, like, how, like, what's going to cause them as a team to break up? Because the issue before the last issue doesn't look like they're going to stop being the Ultimates. So, like, why is, like, why is, like, what's going to happen in issue 12 that's going to wrap the series up cohesively? Because that's, like, the exact opposite word I would use to describe the first 11 issues. I think it's a little weird that he's taking so long to react, whereas Zombie Cop died. But I suppose it it affects him differently, because didn't he get it poured on him or something like that? I will take your word for it. I can't remember, but just assume that I'm right. (laughs) And then for the next part where they go back to the Ultimates and it kind of weird, the conversation as I read it, because it's just Bombshell shouting at them, but shouting at Miles, even mm-hmm. though there's no real reason to. It kind of comes off a little yeah. random because she is say she's um, talking to him about, did you not realise something went wrong? So it's not like 
second the last time is the last scene where she's threatening threatening Diamondback. Couldn't even remember her name for a second. Diamondback, someone shouting at stop or anything like that, and, and then it's just oh, did you think I was crazy? Back at the church, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this, a, a, like an extra speech bubble missing in that sequence where it kind of flowed a bit. The flow seems a little off to me. Mm-hmm. I don't get but, why she wouldn't have explained at some point the situation to the rest. Exactly, that me. argument wouldn't happen if, at some point, just off issue, they'd gone. Oh yeah, I was mind controlled, and I went through all this stuff. And that's why I went a little bit mental at the church. Because yeah. he says, hey, I don't know, you dropped out for a while. I remember you barely spoke to us. And then they never mentioned about it. And that's, so that's basically says they never talked about it. Even even when she says she needs to be alone or whatever. If anything at all, that would be the thing that you do mention. Like, why did you do that? What What, what happened at the church? And then, yeah. then she'd explain, and then you can have your silence for whatever, a week or whatever. It seemed like it was just drama for the sake of creating drama. Like, like, it, like yeah. it, was, it, sort of, it was sort of like, okay, well, we can't just have Bombshell join the team and have everything be, like, okay, so we have to find some reason for them to argue and bicker for a bit and then have whatever, whatever is going to fight them come in. And then, sure enough, in the next page, whatever they're going to fight comes in. And yeah, that, I mean, that's been the kind of the tone of this book. Let's have Cloak and Dagger break up because we need a little bit of drama. Yeah, that's uh, like, I mean, some, I mean, at the same time, sometimes it's hard to keep in mind that this, like, and we've mentioned this when we first started covering the book, it's that it's nothing like any of the Ultimates books before it. And instead of being composed of like a group of like, shield trained operatives who are adults it is like one shield trained operative and kids who are in over their heads so i mean naturally like with a book that's like composed of a six-person teenager team it's there's going to be drama but like some of the stuff it was just like for example cloak and dagger right now are completely fine and it's like nothing happened and it still hasn't been delved upon why uh, Dagger was going through such like insane, just like oh, I'm like I'm going to be incredibly jerkish and crazy for an issue or two, but then come back to being normal after I get like whatever happened to them. Like they got shot in the head, but we all thought they died, and then like it's it was just it was really weird, and there's no, there's no reasoning for any of it. It's kind of just like hey, okay, we need a thing to happen, so let's throw in a thing. And then as it moves on, it turns out Taskmaster was sent by Roxxon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like 80 to 90% sure I said that previously. So <laughs> even if I didn't say it, don't bother telling me that I didn't because I did. <laughs> and really, it kind of made a lot of sense. They're the creators behind the Ultimates. They cloned Peter Parker. They created a spider. They experimented on Bombshell, his mum. And that Ty and whatever her name is. Tandy. Yeah. <sighs> Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Oh, I try to use the real names that were on that first name basis. <laughs> uh, died and they brought it back to life. Can so I just say that, that, you know, we've, we have mentioned the art once or twice. This is probably my favorite page of the entire series. I think the yeah. art is 
really something and just recreating those different kind of iconic moments for the characters, especially the one from Mm -hmm. that first miles issue where he's bitten by the spider. It looks, the characters look great and the coloring looks great. It's, it's really nicely done. I think overall, this is the best looking issue. The monster looks fantastic. As much as I don't agree with having him randomly transform, no, I, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like everything, everything looks good. Like there's, like I mean, and it's crazy because this isn't a different creative team. This is the first team, and we complained about them in the first couple of episodes. We were like, "There's weird coloring, there's weird facial expressions," but I, and think, I don't know. I don't th- know I th- happened, this one's but. interesting though because uh, Amilcar Pina has a whole group of people helping him on inks. And I don't think that group was, has been there for the other issues, but for this one, mm-hmm. including him, there's four people doing inks. Yeah. And it just which seems nice, unusual. It's a nice looking issue. Like overall, like everything, everything seems in place. And uh, I don't, there's like, actually like, like in contrary to where before I was complaining about some weird facial expressions, there's some like, there's some faces that are drawn here that like, I, like, I don't know why, but they, they just come out looking very great. And, and, I'm, and honestly, <laughs> like you're surprised. <laughs> yeah, like they, like they, like they come out nice, but like um, it's like you you they've somehow eliminated the the wonky face that you kept getting and the the weird looking like everyone else. Like there's a picture of uh, cloak and bombshell and Spider Girl. I'm calling her Spider Girl. I don't care. I'm looking and at that one. They right all now. look. They they look. Uh, Bombshell and Spider Girl look very distinct. They, they actually do look like two separate people, mm-hmm. which is good. Which is great. Not only, not, well, not only that, but that's like a panel where they're both like, they're both surprised, right? And, yeah, they're expressing. And they, and you and can like, see they, those expressions. It's yeah, like just... wide eyes, open mouth, and that's like setting up to act like not accidentally, but just to mess up and make a like a weird face. But they did it. Like they did it well. I mean, even like even the last panel, where with like the monster and he's just like glaring into the sky. Even that, like, you know, like, like that's I don't a great to, panel. I love that ending. I don't want to sound. It looks like, a lot like a monster, and it conveys the monsterishness, nurse, nurse, nurse. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, but for as much as we praise that, like the visual, the facial expressions are a lot better that same problem of some sequences of art do not flow to where they make sense happens again because there's there's the part where Miles kicks away the gun that Taskmaster's got pointed at him and then there's no sense of what direction Mm. where the hell the foot is coming from is he standing on the is he jumping or whatever and then then the next shot then the driver's been shot in the leg. Yeah, and you can see clearly the gun's shooting like away. From yeah, the, from the it, car. Like, it shoots like upward, shoot down, or even before that with Diamondback cutting Miles loose, and it looks mm-hmm. like she's sliced through the rope completely. And yet the next one he get, he's got a big snap. Yeah, I was is... confused. Like he broke it twice. And yeah, then, like, how, yeah. how bad of shape? Uh, how bad of a shape was he in that he? Spider-Man couldn't break out of a rope, but ropes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's super strong. Super rope. Task yeah. Taskmaster rope. Taskmaster rope. Jeff rope. Jeff rope. <laughs> Patent pending. 
No, I, speak on the topic of Taskmaster, though. I I don't know why, but Jeff, the ultimate the ultimate Jeff looks like really good, and I like the whole issue. I love the fact that like he had like the cracked mask, and I thought it just looked like super cool. That like that's really it, though. Like they just it just looks really cool, and I it was just it was like speaking of character designs, I guess Dagger grew her hair back out again in between issues. Yeah, oh, that's one oh, of her powers. Yeah. She sure. can change the length of her hair at will. Okay. It's definitely a power. And so. then when <laughs> Zombie Cop and his new gang, Terror oh, Incorporated, because we haven't had enough goofy team names, but this is, uh, <laughs> I mean, all of these names that he's been using, I mean, this is another, like I looked this one up and sure enough, this was a name and even Zombie Cop's name, uh, Shrek. They go way back in uh, in Marvel history, so he's, it's I, I get it, you know, having fun to kind of play his names. I did out. not realize that Zombie Cop was Shrek. Yeah, uh, that did not register to Max, me at all. Max Shrek or whatever Shrek it was, but um, <laughs> but he has a mechanical arm now. I don't remember that happening for no reason. <laughs> and then who is that dude with the sigh? Weapons? For God's sake, that's what I bugged me. I can <laughs> I can get the cop because in the last issue. They said that they had hidden fire power. I was like, fine. And then there's this dude in a yellow costume with size. <laughs> and, and he's got the classic Captain America-shaped boots, you know. Kyle just summed it up with just the way you said size. Just size. Like, like why? They all have long-range, like, gig- some pretty terrifying weapons. I mean, one of them's like, Zombie Cop is a robot arm. No explainable reason, but he has a robot arm. And he just shows up. He he literally brought a knife to a gunfight, <laughs> and he just looks ridiculous doing it. He's like, "Oh, what? I didn't get the memo. We were supposed to bring guns. I just found these size at home." They're that, cops, actually. right? So maybe it was like evidence locker that he. I'll just take these, but <laughs> but yeah, now they're all the vice cops who were decommissioned by their police chief or whatever. So they're now terror in court. That came out of nowhere. So this is like. <laughs> What I what I got for at this point in the issue, it's like, you know what? It's almost over. What the hell? Let's just go crazy and have a good time. Because <laughs> that's really who cares. <laughs> I think even they're like, who cares? Let's just have some fun with I th- it. I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I, th- I think they got a little bit of the Fantastic Four or whatever. I was really about to say FF, that, like where like Galactopus, which yeah. I love still. It's that sort of just goofy. Let's just go for it. And yeah, why not? Um, you know, I'm I'm in at this point, like talk about that cover for 12 and yeah it's so like how are you gonna i mean it's every character from the series so far and, and the creative team i believe on the bottom right of it but it's just like, yeah. how are you gonna pull that together into anything remotely coherent i don't mm. think you can and it doesn't even matter to me anymore matter to me anymore the last panel i don't like like whenever i see like just a photo of somebody doing like just a random face Try to imagine what sound that person would be making if I was looking at that. (laughs) And that's what makes this so funny because you're looking at this last panel and it's just like, like there's no thought bubbles. It's just him inhaling and I'm trying to think like, like like no, there's no noise he could be making with that face that would be menacing. There's is he inhaling more theory. drugs or is he belching smoke? Is there a mustache growing off his tongue? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. But 
I, love I it. think he's making a noise that's similar to Brian Blessed while high. He's just going. <laughs> 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 so it's so funny and like honestly, before like we used to we used to give this book a very like super hard time because we were like, oh, we want this book to do well. But now that it's canceling, it's uh, it's just like. You kind of just look at it and you go, you know what, only Ultimates, you want to do that? Yeah, you can do that. No worries. Actually, I started thinking that the moment the the, um, the mercenaries attacked Scourge and the boss, I was like, yeah, right. right. And then it just got sillier from there. How is that even going to tie in? Like, because the, you can tell from the That's cover. Not, gonna, maybe. Like, I mean, that could, the cover could be separate, too. I mean, it could just be kind of a tribute to the series overall because it is maybe, a funny yeah. cover, you know, and who knows what's going to be inside. But it was very confu- – it was just like throwing stuff into the mix. Like, it's very convenient. These guys just happen to show up. If the cover is representative of the issue for number 12 – Part of me wants them to just throw every character in just because, just for the sake of being like, this is chaotic. And then like, they'll just end off the series of the Ultimates going like, yeah, this is too much. We should just stop. <laughs> we, just, we just quit halfway through the battle. <laughs> like, the, the, everyone's tearing everything apart and then Spider-Man just goes, yeah, no, I'm out. That's, that's, <laughs> no, that's it. it. I mean, hey, I'm I've got just, a goblin hopping, to deal with. Listen, I've got the goblin to deal with. I'm hopping dimensions in in, a, like in another book. I'm meeting the all new X Men in another book. Like, I don't have time for you guys. <laughs> that would just that'd be a good ending for me. The, the, if they finally acknowledge the fact that Miles should not have this much time on his hands. The thing is, Noor, I I would. He's been in costume the whole time. Watch him just take the mask off. Like it wasn't Miles. It's not him. It's it was never like, him. It's Terry. <laughs> it's a drag, though, and I, I'm sure we can get into it when we actually get to the last issue and it's all it's all wrapped up because it, it's a great group of characters, and I think they deserve more exposure. It was a great that it, you know when they first came together, it's like so much potential, and it could have been a lot different. And the way you know with this book going, it's it's just miles, and I don't think there's any more ultimate stuff on the way. I think that's it. What scores would you give it? Oh man! See, that's the thing because now it gets tough to give. It's a tough to give it a score now because you're not. We agree that it's just it's going to be crazy because like the creators are going, look, it's ending, so that's it for the sake of it. We're just going to make it wild, and you you can't rate it like like um like it was put out this way. Like I mean, if all new Ultimates, like I I personally believe, if all new Ultimates wasn't canceling, we would have gotten a much different book. Like and I like because it's canceled. This is what we got. So it's it's hard to. It's definitely really hard <laughs> to give it a rank. Well, uh, I'll I'll go first this time. I'm gonna give it a seven, and I think all of that seven for the first time is for me is going to the art. I think this was the strongest art. Yeah. For me in the series to date, I thought the characters looked great. The facial expressions were, you know, on, as you said, Nora, or I think it was Nora, like they're not as wonky as they, as they've been for lack of a better word. And then mm-hmm. there's that page where, you know, Taskmaster is kind of going through how they're all connected to Roxxon. That's probably my favorite page of the series. I think the art and coloring was great there. And the monster looked ridiculous. And, you know, he got a, he got a full page uh, at one point in the book, and then he got the last panel, and I thought it was just creepy and gross and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even when Terror Inc. showed up, I mean, they they looked 
goofy, but they also were drawn well, I think, you know, especially in what we've seen in this series today. So yeah, I'm going to give it a seven writing wise. I, this was just like, take some plot elements and throw them in a blender. So that's not working for me, but this was all the art down to the art. I'm going to give it a spider ham out of 10. Uh, I just like how silly it's getting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm I, I, I really, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for the last issue just because I'm, I'm excited for the silliness. Like I want it to be really silly. And if it's not silly, I'm going to be disappointed. So (laughs) I hope it's silly. Jeez, I was way too generous with this box, seriously. <laughs> I gave it I gave it fictional character out of ten. I don't know how I can say anything else. <laughs> the issue itself, like I mentioned, talking about yeah, bombshell, the like the narration is fine, but then the fact it goes nowhere really doesn't really do it any justice because following last issue, Bombshell had probably some of the best moments of that book. That book, this issue, it's the story rise, the writing, introducing crossbones again for whatever reason. The art then just shifts, and it doesn't blend as well because very rarely does having more than two people on inking end up with a great result and that's pretty much the last four or five pages where it's the the lines are too thick and it doesn't mesh as well with the colouring and I think that's most notably actually the the inking being too thick when we meet Terra Inc and the man with the size so I, I even if this issue next issue is is as crazy as whatever it could be, which I doubt it's going to be. It won't wrap everything up, and it really shouldn't. But I don't. I think it's pretty much foregone conclusion that this it's this book is just going to be for in in a month's time when we stop covering, it and we'll have forgotten that it is a thing. As for the cover of the next issue, I really do enjoy how the cover has. Jessica drew in a costume that we haven't actually seen her in the book in. She's worn it in Scarlet Spiders and Amazing Spider-Man for the Spider-Verse but she hasn't worn this costume in the book. So yeah, 4 out of 5. 4 out of 5. 4.5, sorry. Oh, Jesus, 4, 4, 4 out of 5. Out of 10. I thought you were giving 4. it a really 5. good score yeah, for a 4. second. Yeah, 4.5 out of 10. <laughs> Mama just hung her head and said, son, Papa was a roll of stone But we've all been waiting for the return of Miles Morales, the ultimate Spider-Man issue 8, after I spent today calling it issue 9, because apparently I suck at counting. (laughs) Jefferson, for the whole issue, it is him telling the story of an incident that happened 25 years ago to Miles. And I like how it is obviously the vague time, because comics 
decide what year they want to be in. But Aaron's hair is amazing. All the hairstyles are amazing in this. It's phenomenal. I love it so much. There's a guy with a massive high top. It's yeah, amazing. like kid and play. <laughs> he looks like the kid from, uh, what's his name, from Hey Arnold. <laughs> kid with like the gigantic high top and like the basketball jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, basically the issue takes, they're going into a club. Jefferson is being dragged into a nightclub because his brother Aaron has some unfinished business. And for those who haven't been paying attention, um, you should be. Go read the first, like, arc or two of of my of Ultimate Spider-Man because Aaron Davis, Jefferson's brother, is the Prowler. Basically, Aaron ends up and is there to set up his brother and you <laughs> kind of get the essence of what is, has been alluded to before about how much of a problem that Jefferson has with him to the point he's <laughs> left him to be basically, basically get beaten up by a crew of bad mobsters. Yeah, he certainly handles himself well when those guys try to Try to get the jump on him. Yeah, I was I was expecting him to get beat up a little bit, maybe put up a bit of a fight, but he actually does like fight them properly. Hold on, Marquez still does this book? Well, yeah, that's uh... <laughs> no because uh, because I looked at the art style um, and I was like, okay, this is way different from anything Marquez does. It's it's sensational. Yeah, I had to do a double take as well because the the whole style of it is just. I mean, this this issue is different in pretty much every single way, I think, from everything that's, that's going yeah. for it. But yeah, definitely artistically, it's like it just heavier lines and just real kind of dark and intense. And if you guys read Bendis' series, Alias. I haven't. Yeah. No, I heard about it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, Alias, Alias is this great, really interesting series. It was um, just a little background on it. It was part of the Marvel Max line um, in... 2000 or early 2000s and it was kind of more like an adult oriented line so they could swear and stuff like that and so the character he had created was jessica jones uh taz so who was a former <sighs> yeah uh former avenger who's now kind of uh making a new living as a private detective and the art style for that book is re- was very similar, you know, if not identical to this, just kind of that darker, grittier, mm-hmm. uh, very intense. And you just had this weird feeling, like it almost made you a little uneasy. And that was kind of the feeling I had looking at this, like even the scene that Jefferson and Aaron walk into, even though it's a flashback, you're just, ner- I was just nervous because you had this feeling like something is about to go really wrong. This is not a good place for these guys to be in. You can tell in in Jefferson's hesitation because he says he doesn't want to go in. He hates the people that are in type of people that are in here. Whether he's talking from the sense of, um, well, caught spade spade. No, uh, well, actually, not even then, because I was going to suggest whether it, it's do, dealing with race relations at this time. Mm-hmm. But then when it when he actually goes into the club and it seems appears to be um, one of the main guys at least running it or one of the guys he went to meet is a black guy. So whether it is generally that sort of thing and that's what Benison is using this environment that would be around. But Jefferson does not want to be in that place if he can help it. And even when he says he's going to be in, he only wants to be in there for five minutes within under a minute later in the story time 
he he is again trying to get find a way out of it, and he does it like two or three times as he's trying to get out of being around these people. I think the art style looks like it's trying to like imitate neon almost, like it's trying to get that style. But it it really does work for like the flashback. It makes it really tense, actually, like you were saying, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And- I'd be I'd be really curious to know what uh, Marquez's influence was if it was if you know the. The style, you know, to Alias is a coincidence. That was Michael Gados who who did that work. Um, I, I don't know if you know where the inspiration came from, or if it was just a general tone for the whole flashback portion of the story. But it was, I thought it was really inspired to kind of to kind of push his uh, style in this different direction and change the whole feel of the book and the the scope of the story too. At this point, you know, if you if you look at it, we had how many issues with the Goblin, and that's huge. Bringing back the goblin and Peter Parker. And where do you go from there? You set up Katie as a, you know, a new threat and then Mm -hmm. Jefferson's back. And then you just take this great, you know, shift in the action to flashback for Jefferson. So yeah, the book has changed. Yeah. I think not necessarily the argument of, of that because he's changed his style that makes him shows that he's above other artists, but I think it shows the versatility and it just shows how great of an artist that he is, that he can tell these two very different stories. Because even in the, his, let's quote-unquote, normal style, he has these quieter moments that work beautifully well. But then he switched it up here, and these moments work differently because it's gone for a slightly different tone and sort of background that the story's being set in. Mm-hmm. This is a darker one. There are moments where a lot of the faces are darkened out, and it's obviously supposed to be more of the dark, reflecting moments, even though there are times where I feel like the, the shadowing is way overboard. Yeah. For example, when they are clearly outside later on in the story during the day, and he's talking to... Um, Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason, his face is ridiculously shaded, and then it kind of throws me off. But, well, that's because they uh, did they go into the back alley, do they not? No, but they they clear, but it's not like around the the, the backgrounds are showing that it's dark, it's bright. He's he's on the stairs, and you can barely see Jefferson's face. I took that as. You know, and I I know I I read into things, but I think uh, I also think that this this book in particular deserves it with these between Bendis and Marquez. I mean, there's so much care that goes into this book, but in terms of the darker shading and the, I noticed that too with the with the day daylight scenes. I thought part of it was just the style that he had chosen for the flashback portion. Yeah, and then that, make, yeah, make, and then that's that's yeah. also the nature of memory. I mean, if you go back, <laughs> I mean, if you, 25 years ago, you know, if you're even alive, <laughs> right? So, but to go back that far, mm-hmm. yeah, your memory is going to be hazy in some places or, and this was a dark time for him. So I, I kind of read into it, you know, he's trying to convey that as well. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, whether he was or wasn't, I don't know, but. You can just give him more credit for it though. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not shy to, because I, I think he, what he does at this uh, series is really remarkable. I think one key moment or idea that where that you know kind of you bridge the gap a little bit it's like 
there are those shots of Jefferson. It's like a close up on his eyes. Like when he's back at home and his mom, you know, Miles's grandmother, you know, or not yet anyway, but she's calling him Jefferson. You have that shot of his eyes. And then you look at his face. He is the spitting image of Miles, which is great. Mm. And then I noticed that, you know, for the rest of that sequence, just kind of going to look at his face. Like you could see, you know, it's neat to see like the father son relationship, you know, yeah. Cause you, you hear that often, you know, it's like, Oh, you look just like your dad at that age. And like to, to see, you know, like you get a sneak peek of what miles could look like in his early twenties or whatever. And that, yeah. you know, it was very recognizably him, you know, some of those close-ups, like where, uh, he gets the offer from Turk to come on as a bodyguard or henchman, or whatever. And there's that close-up of him. He goes, I'll think about it. Like that is miles right there. So let's talk about like, you know, some of the big points here that, you know, Jefferson encounters a young Nick Fury who get and gets recruited by him. That's huge. Does this mean that he is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think that's what we're going to find out with number nine, because that's what if so, about. you see the this cover would mark, This would mark the uh, Taz's right. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, actually, even a step before that, Jefferson in the fight, super strength and, you know, agility, and he's able to take a bottle to the head and keep going as if nothing, nothing happened. I wonder if he and Aaron might have gone through very similar whatevers to become who they might or might not be. Yeah, Dan uh, Gavazdan from uh, Amazing Spider Talk and I, he sent me in a note on Twitter. He was His theory was that, you know, were these guys part of the super soldier program in some way? It could be Maybe, an wow, offshoot, like one of the re-attempts. Because they do a lot of that, don't they? Where it's everyone's trying to get that. Uh, the, yeah, everyone right. tries to recreate the super soldier serum. Which is this could I be think, like a more a slightly more docile version where it's it, it increases some stuff a little bit, but not nearly to the scale of like Captain America or you know Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Well, I I had to laugh because uh, th- when um, Dan had mentioned that, and then I read the issue, and when Jefferson and Aaron walk into the club. That's what uh, Turk says. He goes, hey, you know, so-and-so is telling us about Captain America and what really happened. So there, that could be another, you know, Bendis misdirect with the dialogue like he did yeah. you know, earlier in the series. But I think uh, I'm just I'm really interested to see because, I mean, we've obviously already been introduced to the Kingpin before. And I, first of all, I found that a really interesting way to tie in <clears throat> like the past with the present and have Kingpin be this person who's going to dethrone Turk. But um, Nick Fury, he talks about the Kingpin in a lot more of a super villain way than a mob boss kind of way. He says, like, there's something he's going to do that is going to put the entire world in danger. And I'm really curious to find out because, I mean, obviously that's what's going to be revealed. Well, I don't want to say that's going to be revealed in issue nine because... Uh, <laughs> you got to remember got, what, what title I, this is. <laughs> yeah, because with the last arc, we saw how long it took for us to finally get, like, info on like hey why is peter back but um we know like it's it's a good to guess that the next issue is what uh is what's gonna reveal to us a bit more about what the kingpin is doing to put the world in danger and i gotta say like i mean we mentioned the art style already and i'm not sure if the kingpin is just wearing a turtleneck here or if he has like a very terrifying beard but I, I want to go with terrifying beard because it makes him look incredibly menacing. It's like a sinister Dan Slot. That yes, oh my goodness, yeah, I saw it too. Okay, I wanted to say Dan Slot as well. I like that the kingpins in like like leather. 
If you, you don't usually see him like that. It's funny because you usually see him in like the like, this is this is him before suit, he became like like he's, big. he's not the kingpin. Well, yet. he's still big, obviously. He's just Wilson and, Fisk. Like yeah. in you know, in the future, he's gonna basically own Spider Man for a time, and there's gonna go through all this stuff. But right now, he's just some up and comer. I mean, I don't think that's ever been delved upon, like, almost anywhere. I mean, you've gotten backstory on the Kingpin before in 616, but, um, like, it, you've, like, I don't think there's ever been, like, a lot of time dedicated to looking into the past of the Kingpin. And I think it's very interesting because he, he's, uh, not as much now, but he's a, he's still a major foe of Spider-Man. And, I mean, I think it's one of the people that was in Peter's Rogues Gallery, and we talk about this every issue about with Rogues Gallery. But he's, and I'm getting kind of sick of the phrase, but um, he's one. He's one of the villains that Miles hasn't touched upon yet. That was during Peter's era, and I think that's interesting because, you know, like the Ultimate Universe, is like at least in the Miles book, they understand that everything in this universe is connected, and like Peter died, that doesn't mean his villains died too. So the tr- I, it's really interesting to see how they tie all of these characters back into, well, into King, the book. Kingpin died. I thought though. Kingpin died. He died. Did he? He, died. Oh, yeah, he, he got thrown out the window. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, during the um, the arc with that weird like key thing. But um, regardless, though, it's still interesting to see like tying back into that. Like they could have made it any. They could have made it anybody who's going to dethrone Turk and just like a random person. But it's really interesting that they made it a plot point that it's going to be Wilson Fisk. And you get more backstory on a character who we haven't ever really gotten a backstory from. And I think that's cool. I think the one we were talking got briefly got back to about um, him being an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, uh, God, Jefferson becoming an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that having an impact on, again, we mentioned that in the a couple episodes ago, episodes ago, whether that is why he hates superpowers, but even in the six one six, I'm not sure about the ultimate, but there's the like the accepted time ish when all the superheroes started to appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like it starts with the Fantastic Four, then a, a few weeks later, uh, you know, Spider Man, and suddenly Iron Man is there, and it's just like there is like a a month or two where. One day there weren't superheroes, and then the next there were. Yeah. yeah. So it will be cur- it will be curious to as to whether he was still working for Shield but in secret, mm-hmm. and that is why he hates superpowers, or whether there was something else is why he hates superpowers. It could just be a general I hate mutants sort of things, and I, and I just hate them for no well- reason. I just hate them. Not well, I don't. Provoked. I don't think he's going to do that because you look into this dialogue he has when he's talking to Mile on the to Miles on the bench, and he goes, um, "I know this is a lot, but clearly you're old enough to know this stuff. You're old enough to know why I've done the things I've done. You're old enough to know why I ran away from you when I found out who you really are." So I don't think it's just a general bias, and I think like with the next issue or the coming issues, we're going to find out like there is a reason that he's never been okay with superpowers and whether that ties yeah. into him working with shield i or or whatever it's going to be i think it's going to expand a lot more than just oh i've never liked those darn mutants you know 
Well, careful yeah. with yeah. careful with expectations sense. because you know a couple issues ago when the cliffhanger was Norman or the Goblin said you never knew the truth about your father and we all went whoa and then the next issue was like I'm your dad. <laughs> I would I would assume he's not crazy just to like be like now you're old enough to know why I ran away from you and then next issue just go I don't like mutants that's it you know <laughs> like, no it's, it's clearly you know it's, it's all going to tie into that that first first time we saw him fighting yeah and uh, yeah because like, like that's been a big question since the whole galactus fight like how did he hold his own so well there's no way he has like formal experience and then now they're kind of delving into that and that's or what... even even um divided we fall when he was kind of hijacked and uh just thro- of hydra agent yeah, yeah yeah exactly he knew what to do oh that's pr- that's probably what i was talking about as well he knew what to do, and uh, he had to go home. And his, you know, his wife was horrified. And, and actually, that just mentioning divided we fall, and then Jefferson's encounter with Hydra, and now Miles is, I'm assuming, going to find out soon at some point about Katie and Hydra. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, I always like to bring it back to the covers, but then that makes that cover all that, you know, that much cooler, you know. Yeah. With Spider-Man, and he's. Both bound by both of those organizations. It's a really nicely done cover too. I like it a lot. I think it's a. I think yeah, it's he's a, been he's been killing it on this series. It's 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 been a pretty solid, solid set of covers. Absolutely no, it's it looks great, and um, I mean it's something we we touched a lot on with all new Ultimates, but we haven't really talked about with um, Ultimate Spider Man. But I think it's just done. The covers are done very well, and even when they're not representing the issues, and I mean, like Brian, you're usually you're usually the one to look into things. So I always like, <laughs> I mean, like that's the it's uh it's interesting because I'm like, oh, this isn't representing the issue, and then you go, oh, but look, Peter's ripping the spider off of Miles's chest, which can represent the fact that he's <laughs> taking away Miles and Spider Man. And I'm just like, look, man, <laughs> like, like it's it's interesting to see because like I I'm I never like I do, but like I like not frequently like delve deep and really look into like okay, is there a hidden meaning behind this? And it's interesting because like you pick you pick up on that, and it's really interesting to see like oh, this doesn't represent the issue at all, and then but maybe it does, and it's really cool to look at. And I think Marquez is killing it with the art and with the coverage as well. Yeah, I think I mean don't get me wrong, I don't go, I don't, <laughs> I don't try to read into everything. Yeah, you know, because it's it's sometimes it's just not there. But I think what I what, why I started paying more attention was because I, you know, those, especially those early issues, like that didn't happen in the story. Why would he do that? Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's probably so why. So some looking into. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So you know, that's put it on the cover. Yeah, like here's what you're going to get inside this, you know, issue for three ninety nine. Like, no, I didn't. Like, ah, yes, you did. So let me ask you guys, what do you think of uh, what's essentially our first Spider-Man issue or Miles Morales Spider-Man issue that does not really feature Miles Morales? Was this a good, really was this a good idea? It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fantastic flashback. It's done really well. It's good exposition and it, it, you know, it tells a story we care about because we know Miles is daddy dearest. Mm-hmm. We know that there are, there are going to be problems and we knew that eventually it was going to have to be fleshed out, and they started on a really solid note for telling this backstory, essentially. And mm-hmm. I th- I hope they do the whole thing as well as this, honestly, because even though, you know, not a lot of Spider-Manning happened, you got some action, you got a little bit of Nick Fury in there, which is always a good thing, and... 
I'm 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 on this honestly excites me more than more than halfway through the goblin stuff, you know, when it was starting to draw on a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm more excited to see the rest of this than I was to see the rest of that. Yeah, no, for sure. Like it's it's really cool that like I mean it's not something we're not used to because um I mean the cool thing about this book is like it's centered on Miles, but sometimes the spotlight is taken away from him and it's not done in a way where you go, okay, well, this doesn't make sense. This book is about Miles. Let me learn more about Miles. Like, um, for example, we had the arc with Peter, and with that arc, with introducing Peter, we still got a solid conclusion with that that kind of solidified, like, hey, Miles is the real Spider-Man. Peter Peter has given him his blessing. He's going to carry on and do that. And then with this... We have a, we have a, a book with we don't see Miles in costume at all besides on the cover, and that's and, and even then we still get a book that we can say is representative of Miles because we can draw okay Jefferson has features that look like Miles in his age now, and we have um, we have Miles at the end we have it like tying into the fact that he's telling he's telling Miles this is what like about what happened he's giving him a backstory. And I think it's like, it's really interesting that in in a lot of other cases, like there'd be complaints that like, hey, this book is called Miles Morales: The Ultimate Spider-Man. Let's hear more about Miles. But I'm not complaining. I feel like it's really interesting grabbing all these plot threads. But Bendis is just doing it really well and not jumbling it, and he's not making it overpowered or overcomplicated with plot threads. He did in he just he writes a solid story every arc. So I'm excited. I'm like Taz. I'm excited to see what happens. Like. I, like I like, Miles wasn't mentioned much in the book, and I just want to know more about Jefferson. All right, so how would you score this? I I'll, I'll give it. I think I'll give it. Um, I thought it eight point five really, even for like we've mentioned, even for the lack of the title character not being in it in the issue, it, it's still giving enough of an interesting backstory. And it's hopefully flesh out into the next probably four issues because this is how Bendis Spider-Man apparently works where we think that it's coming to an end, the story arc. But it's not. It's just trolling. Just to drag out, to put out another issue. Um, but I think the most notable thing that I can say is the shift in art that Marquez does and as well uh, pods on his colours as well because that is a lot different it doesn't give that sense I feel more of it's like um, the regular book is more it's going to sound stupid when I say this but I can't think of a better term it adds more it makes it more 3D it's traditional one it doesn't but at the same time this this issue doesn't seem ridiculously flat I think all the colours set the tone of each scene well and considering a lot of it is like dark and that has a darker palette it Mm. all works a lot it's a different sort of thing as to where the night shots in like issue the early issues so yeah a lot more purples and reds and things like that yeah so yeah 8.5 for me I'm going to give it a very, very solid 8.5 as well. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I like 
I, I've said it like twice already. I really do like flashback expositions. I think that if they're handled well, they can be one of the best types of exposition. And I think that this issue did it really well. Mm-hmm. I would give it a higher score, but I do think the lack of titular character is uh, a little bit jarring. It's not a bad thing by any means. I think it's very appropriate, actually. I just think that it kind of... I'd like to see more, sort of in between these scenes, I would like to see it maybe cut back to the explanation. I I don't mind him not being in the costume being Spider-Man, I'd just Mm -hmm. like to see a bit more of that bench time, basically. Apart from that, I'm I'm really excited to continue reading this new arc, and uh, so far it's fascinating me. I, Mm -hmm. I really do like the art style as well. Yeah, I would give this uh, another 8.5 for me, I think. Um, okay, I was jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's really, <laughs> I think it's a really great accomplishment. <laughs> it's a great accomplishment in terms of the art, as we said, and then writing, too. I mean, the dialogue style, and even, you know, Taz, you were saying you wanted more bench time, but I kind of like just being thrown in. You just, you know, Miles doesn't show up till the last two panels or three panels, whatever it was. Like this is Jefferson's story, and what a cool way! I mean, it's it's a really remarkable range of storytelling that you're getting in this series. I mean, just not even this volume, but the the series to date. And I think just the dialogue in all the scenes in Newark were very believable. You know, with the the gangsters and and all of that, and that's very different from everything we've seen so far. It's a completely different world, and yet. You know, now as we're seeing, like it somehow fits into this kind of, if you pardon the pun, greater web that Bendis is weaving here. So yeah, eight point uh, five. Um, I'm you know, I'm honestly I'm gonna give it a uh, I'm gonna give it a nine. I think um, uh, it's one of the it's one of the best issues, but like very quietly. It is it's very quietly one of the best one of the best issues that I've read in this series so far, and it, it's like it's funny because it contrasts so differently from the story arc we just previously read, where we had these big fights with the Green Goblin, and we saw we we even complained about it that we had three in you know, three um, issues in a row that kind of just it was again fighting the Green Goblin, you know, like it was it was just almost getting repetitive, and it was just action, 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 just consistently, and then this one. There was action, like absolutely, but it was on a lot more different of a level because we had those smaller scenes like Jefferson interacting with Nick Fury. And we had um, the cutaway scene at the end back to the bench. And it was quietly one of the best issues in the series. And I think it was a really good way to start off this arc. And it ended the story right at the perfect time to, like, not to say, like, oh, this is going to drone on forever, but to say, like, I am excited for issue number nine. Which is not this one, by the way, Kyle. Um, <laughs> um, issue number nine is gonna it's gonna be good, and I'm like I'm really interested to see and learn more about Jefferson because it's been talked about for a long time. Not even for uh, this volume, but even with last volume of this of Miles Morales, it's just been like, let me learn more about Jefferson. I want to know more about him and. The art style was great, and it was like I think the nine for me, like the story was well written, but the nine for me is also just like just towards Marquez for like 
throwing his style out the window and drawing in a new style just for the sake of saying, okay, this is like we're writing something darker and grittier. I'm going to draw darker and grittier and not just say, okay, whatever, I'll just use my older style and just like change some things up to represent that it is a darker, grittier time. And I thought that was like, like a huge props to him on that because like it's crazy because when you've drawn in, like, in one way for a long time, changing it up. It's not difficult, but it's very, it's interesting. And it really showcases like that you're not like a one-trick pony and you can do a lot more than draw in just one style. Because I think as well, they could, very, they could have very easily just got a different artist and justified it in that this is a flashback. Yeah. But they didn't, they let him do it himself. So it's like, awesome. Hey folks, this is Brian. Before we sign off, we wanted to let you know about some changes for Ultimate Spin in 2015. As All New Ultimates is ending, we were thinking about how our show could change for the new year. And we decided to branch out to another strand of the web, start covering a new spider character that's also operating on their own outside of the main Marvel 616 continuity. So starting in January, Ultimate Spin will now be Ultimate Spin, the alternate Spider-Man podcast, the number one podcast exclusively covering both Miles Morales and... Gwen Stacy. That's right. We were immediately taken by Jason Latour's and Robbie Rodriguez's fun and fresh approach to reinventing Miss Stacy as Spider-Gwen earlier this year. And as our series officially kicks off in February, we plan to get a sneak peek in our next episode with a look at her debut in Edge of Spider-Verse number two. That plus Miles Morales number nine and a wrap up and farewell to all new Ultimates with issue number 12. Remember, you can find show notes and stream or download past episodes at ultimatespinpodcast.com. Find my in-depth reviews on Miles and the full coverage of all spider happenings at superiorspidertalk.com, also home to the amazing Spider Talk podcast. Thanks for listening, and all the best to you for the new year. We'll be back in January. Catch you then for the Ultimate Spin. <laughs>